All right, folks, welcome to a brand new series that Mark Steves from Ultimedia United that Camden and myself are hoping you will enjoy. Now, the idea was brought to us by Mark. We don't want to take the credit when we didn't have anything to do with the origination of this, but the concept here is that we are going to be investigating, delving, and learning the different aspects and esoteric, scientific, and many other uh, angles of the elements on the periodic table. Now, granted, I do want to say the first 10, 20 minutes of this episode since it's the first time we started doing this and we truly we did come with notes but in terms of the conversation and the way it was going to go we believe in a free-flowing form of conversation we really took care of uh, do doing our best to try and understand the the principalistic foundations of this particular element and in this episode it is fluorine now I will say, though, that throughout the second half, throughout halfway and the latter half of this episode, which all of it is going to be public and free, by the way, it gets really, really good. Without further ado, I highly suggest that you folks check it out. Give it a shot. Let us know what you think. Cheers. Okay, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, everybody. Welcome back to another long-form conversation. I usually say interview, but it turns out to be more of a conversation when we have such a fine gentleman like Mark come on. Uh, today, we will be diving into a handful of, I guess, understanding the elements <clears throat> relative to what's on the periodic table, but taking a much more deeper, I guess you could say, dive down the rabbit hole as it pertains to one particular element today, which is fluorine. Now, before we get into all the fun, you know, uh, esoteric, scientific, uh, and uh, I guess you could say, quote unquote, pseudoscientific aspects of this, just uh, right before I introduce Mark, again, welcome back, brother. Uh, fluorine, according to Wikipedia, is a chemical element with the symbol F and atomic number nine. It is the lightest halogen and exists at standard conditions as a highly toxic, pale yellow diatomic gas. As the most electronegative element, it is extremely reactive as it reacts with all other elements except for argon, neon, and helium, end quote. With that being said, I don't think there's anyone better to bring on uh, with to this series. And uh, quite frankly, this was uh, Mark's idea to begin with. Then Mark himself, brother, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I couldn't imagine a better show to have this series on because like I've said before, you guys do a great job of researching so i'm excited to take part in it i will admit that maybe i'm from more of the intuitive angle on this particular subject but that's absolutely why i wanted to undertake this because you know life is a process and and growing and changing so i try to strive to like challenge myself so this is going to be a challenge but a fun challenge so, and it's oh, yeah, going to pump yeah. Right. And it's going to be great as in, as of course, we're recording this in real time with, uh, with the audience watching, we can do all this stuff and, and learn as we go. And, and yeah, I mean, this is, this is going to be great. So enough of me, is there anything specifically you'd like to start off with as it pertains to this element or? Well, I think most people are going to hear the word fluorine and automatically know maybe where my take lies going right. to be on the, you know, fluoride, but you know, it's important to understand the element first before we even get into fluoride itself, um, particularly sodium fluoride, which is mm -hmm. what most people in our community know is bad. Most people will tell you it's banned in Europe. It's banned in other countries. There's studies that show it lowers IQ. Um, right. Very new age people will tell you that it blocks your third eye. 
So I think that that's stuff we can get to towards the end, hopefully. Absolutely. Uh, I'm excited to, to find out what you guys have learned about fluorine. Well, first off, here's the thing that I found to be the most consistent with some of the, the background research I was doing in preparation of this episode. When we jump back to uh, Wikipedia, where it says fluorine is a chemical element with the symbol F atomic number, um, it is the lightest halogen and exists at standard conditions as a highly toxic pale yellow diatomic gas. It is the most electronegative element. It is extremely reactive as it reacts with all other elements, except for obviously neon, argon, and helium. One thing I I found so peculiar about this is that it seems as though there are certain aspects of fluorine that is are in a certain way could be bioengineered or biomanufactured at the the not just molecular level but at the nano level and I know what you know saying nano people think okay what sizes you know right. what are you talking about you know very small extremely small atomic su uh, substructure small I'm speaking in this particular case of the atomic the subatomic structure excuse me I found consistencies between certain individuals, for example, when Jack Vallée and James Fox went on Joe, uh, Joe Rogan saying that, you know, some of this uh, magnesium and some of these metallurgies and things like that are metals that you could find on, you know, Mars, on Venus, on, on Earth and other planets. It's not uncommon. It's more the way in which the subatomic structure is organized. And interestingly enough, on the surface level within the public academia of science, at least to my understanding and the, the, the breadth of my, my grasp of this, there is no device mechanism apparatus that could restructure at a subatomic level in the way in which Mr. Valet was referring to this, these types of, I guess you could say, um, elements, if you want to call it. Now, what I find interesting and peculiar is that, again, this kind of works to the benefit of the cover-up of, of different esoteric, intuitive, spiritual phenomenons, but right. I find that the sheer convenience of all these, these metallurgies and all these elements and things like that being available on to the public domain as some sort of just, you know, as an element really is not, is not great for people like us, because again, to be able to reorganize the subatomic structure within that of the substrate of these elements is, is very hard to do publicly, if even possible at a public level. So what I'm trying to say is that it's great for those trying to keep these things a secret because it's not so much about keeping the elements a secret, but more so what you can do with it secret, yeah. right? So you, you now have that dissonance between those that know and those that don't know. So I'm what I found there, again, not pretending to be a scientist by any stretch of the metric, but it seems to me that fluorine actually is harnessed within certain, you could argue, um, ion propulsion generators of anti-gravity craft within certain, I guess you could say, apparatuses that harness different forms of right. electromagnetic waves and energy. And the fact that fluorine is a very, uh, what was the term here? Reactive. Uh, it is It is one of the right, most uh, reactive reactive table. while being the most electronegative. That I find yeah. that to be a very allocated and dele delegated, um, I guess you could say, uh, tool or mechanism well, that's, that's a really really good thing for combining it with other elements and then right. creating an output of energy it it, it 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 anytime it combines with something it becomes a different kind of stable uh, nucleotide i think is what you call it when they're combined or compound and it has to change its uh its positive negative like structure because it's combining to do so so it literally has to expend energy as i understand it right i have no idea i'm dumb but to do 
the combination, it has to expend energy. So that's really convenient for it to be really reactive and always going to output a positive energy because it is always negative to begin with. Right. And that can, again, delving more into the spiritual esoteric aspect, that could be both beneficial or negative for certain entities within a certain electromagnetic vicinity. Um, depending on what devices or apparatuses would be placed around it, depending, I'm speaking of in my mind, the visualization of people attempting to, you know, summon certain um, mm -hmm. uh, spiritual entities, whether good or bad is not for me to say, but just the idea of even summoning them, being able to use fluorine in certain ways in, in the electromagnetic spectrum that we do not have access to publicly in terms of the tools to do that is, is to be honest, is very exciting, but also very frightening. But what, what, what do you think, uh, Mark? Well, I think the point you made about its size is very interesting because that's the same point they make about sodium fluoride. You know, right. they, they tell you just don't swallow it, but it's such a small particle that, you know, it's, immediately getting absorbed into your mucous membranes in your mouth. Mm -hmm. So anybody who's using fluoride toothpaste is essentially getting a version of this fluorine, an extremely reactive <laughs> element, right. you know, and that's right. going into your membranes because of its size and doing, well, allegedly a lot of things that we'll get into after we sort of get the more tangible side of it out of the way uh, or maybe the, the material side of it. Right. I mean, it, personally, I do believe that this element from my research is used in very particular types of craft that the the I guess you could say the military industrial complex is working on entirely off the record in black budgets, special mm -hmm. access programs, you name it. It seems like it has a very again, could be used, like you said, Camden and compounded in so many different ways, but also seems like it's delegated towards a handful of specific tasks relative to the the. I guess, weapons, craft, apparatuses oh, yeah. oh, no. being it is. developed. Yeah. It is verifiably no even speculation conspiracies here. It was the one of the key components in the, in the atomic reaction of the first atomic bombs of the Manhattan Project. It, it, right. it literally made that thing go boom. It's more explosive. Uh, make sure I say it right. Which one? It's, yeah, it's more explosive than potassium. Uh, potassium can catch on fire if the air is too humid. It is, yeah. it is, it is a reactive-ass chemical or element, sorry. And but, if you were to, you know, in a hypothetical world, set a certain vicinity where the electromagnetic spectrum and waves have been altered, again, interestingly enough, within that of the, the, the craft they're building or something of the sort, it would explain how the, this anti-gravity uh, or reality engine, as Bruce Fenton mm -hmm. likes to call it, would work. I could tell Camden by your face. What did yeah, you? Yeah, no, uh, I do. I will. I mean, I have a, a web page pulled up, just you know, talking points about it. I hadn't gotten so far down, but it is. It reacts with oxygen, in the sense that it can pull oxygen out of the water. It also is one of the only things on Earth that can react with diamonds. Like this is a. This is an very very interesting element just on a pure like public science level right much From, less yeah. talking about you know the fluorides things that they don't really admit is doing what it's doing and in the water like it's just a it's it's a it's a wow chemical because it doesn't From, sorry it oh, doesn't no. occur 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 naturally on earth the only place that you can find it happening on earth is coming out of volcanoes Right. Like on its own. We've been able to synthesize it and stuff that I 
yeah, we've been able to synthesize it, but it, the only place it occurs naturally is coming out of, well, not, I'm not saying hollow earth vents, but like, you know, kind of, right? I mean, it would certainly, as Mark was saying, to sort of um, finish up on the sort of tangible side of it, it would certainly explain the, um, for, amongst many other things, I'm sure, the UFOs coming and going uh, in and out of volcanoes and things of the right. sort, right? So again, to, to see, again, that could be speculated for a number of wow. multitude of different things, but yeah. I, I was not expecting this angle, but I, I love it because sodium fluoride, again, going back to like the side of it that I researched, right. it became ubiquitous in the United States after the 1940s. And you guys both know what happened in 1943, Roswell, you know, we have all this alien activity ramping up around then. And this fluorine, obviously extremely important when it comes to the Manhattan Project, but all of the alien messages that people get around that time was like this space communism, give up your nukes message, Mm -hmm. you know, where they, the light beings would come and say, Oh, you have to give up the nukes. We'll we'll save you. We'll come and rescue. If you give up the nukes. Meanwhile, we have footage of them like coming down and beaming the nuclear warhead and disabling it. So I think that's a whole nother tangent, but it is curious how much UFO activity is surrounding this time period and this, this, Mm-hmm. I agree. I, I may yeah. take a little Lou Elizondo perspective here, but okay, we just talked about hollow earth. That's where fluorine comes out of. Um, it seems like they don't like atomic weapons. Um, what if they're really greedy and they really want all their fluorine and they don't like that we're using fluorine to make our things, our anti-gravity, our reality engines, our atomic bombs. We're like stealing their element that they use in hollow earth kind of thing. So, I mean, they, it could be even a different perspective that way. They're just like really, really greedy. And that's, I just thought of it when you started saying that, because that's interesting. Well, it is notable, like, you know, the, the connections between the Nazis and the OSS, the Nazis were the first people to use sodium fluoride mm-hmm. on their prisoners. And then the Soviets did the same thing. And the reason why is because according to what they said about it, it made people more docile and it made them deteriorate from the inside, which is, you know, they don't want to, they don't, they can't afford to keep the lights on in this prison and keep them all fed. They'd rather have them die pretty quickly, I'd imagine, which is really messed up to to think about and to say, but yeah, the, the record is very clear that fluoride has been used in conjunction with these military outfits, the same people that are playing around with UFOs and, and having secret meetings with the alien. I, I can't help but think that this leads me to, again, not being a scientist by any metric, but I can't help but think that this leads me to some instances that have been, I believe, uh, documented or at least covered in some angle or another by Mr. Bruce Fenton, as he said um, on the a few months back on a long form episode that we did together, where he talked about there have been certain stories where abductees have been offered pancakes without sodium on this craft and they've actually taken literally they were offered it as food and then they were taken they took they were allowed to take the pancakes off of the craft when they were returned back to their home or wherever they were placed 
Um, and they, these pancakes were analyzed, investigated, and it turns out there was no sodium in them. And interestingly enough, as, as presuming I have my, my memory serves me right and my facts correct, um, there's supposed to be sodium in them all the time, at least on the surface level. We don't know how to make such food uh, uh, without sodium. And I, can, I cannot help but think that, again, not saying fluorine has a direct relation to this, but there's that sort of consistency between, you know, like you said, Camden, it being it coming out emitting from volcanoes, UFOs being seen there, Th these documented cases of abductees having food that are missing such components. I cannot help but think a, a possible manipulation of fluorine could have led in one way or another directly or indirectly to the curation of some of these quote unquote anomalies, if you want to call it. You know, you're right. Um, sorry, I'm just reading more things because dude, this is a weird element. Like I, you picked a damn good one for us to really dig yeah. into first, Mark, because it is when it combines with carbon or sodium, like we just talked about sodium fluoride, that is the strongest elemental bond on the periodic table those those two because it only has a singular isotope one stable isotope like it never degrades it never has a half-life it, it is stable yet the most explosive reactive that's just it's like a, it's a paradox in existence even which is crazy mm. yeah absolutely the volcanoes are extremely you know interesting too i mean as they pertain to like cataclysms yeah it makes mythology. me want to go to la palma right now <laughs> ironically enough a ufo was seen uh, coming in and out of la palma uh during the explosion so again this isn't this is just one of thousands of cases where you see ufos again whether alien human interdimensional it's not it's not for me to say at least because i don't know who's in that craft at that time um but again in some cases not a craft it's a spiritual thing but or more esoteric uh Thing, but ultimately, yeah, it, it's it's not a coincidence by any stretch. Oh, it's in your refrigerator too. This seems to be like everywhere. Well, it, and I'll say it's in Prozac, and it's yeah. also in Prozac is it's called fluoxetine hydrochloride, and then the chemical name for sarin nerve gas is isopropyl methyl phosphoryl fluoride. So. It's very, you know, key to toxins, especially military applied toxins. And then yeah. Prozac, which is, you know, an SSRI, mm -hmm. it, it's a serotonin suppressor, I'm pretty sure. Right. Or no, it is. Yeah, you're right. Serotonin suppressor reuptake inhibitor, I yeah. think. Yeah. Right, like right. Yeah. So, it, you know, it's very interesting because Prozac is completely tied into the whole mk ultra stuff and like what they say these celebrities happens to them like they get like this plastic mindset where you know through neuroplasticity their minds are altered to be more susceptible to whatever programming their you know handler wants mm -hmm. to program into them so that they can be the vessel for whatever negative Message, entity yeah. or whatever agenda they're going to use this person for. I, I, I couldn't agree more. And on top of that too, it would seem like a perfect way in which 
a <clears throat> a subtle insertion into again food water things like that the, the daily consumption of things in the public domain would be quite again it doesn't seem far-fetched for this to be inserted especially like you said that it's been unfortunately used in so many negative ways it, it could only again to say that there haven't been uh, th to say that there are not people out there on a secretive basis or otherwise working on this or at the maybe at this point have concluded the, the ways in which this particular element could be curated or manipulated relative to, to the dimension we live in I, I would say is nonsense to say that the people don't know to, that they that they uh, don't know about this I mean come on and the fact that there's been quite a I guess you could say lack of public funding behind the certain ways in which this element again there's been quite a lack of public funding in many regards but the way in which this element more specifically seems to be you know again with all the information out there on it there's also a lot that's that's been missing if you want to call it i give the example mm. similar to einstein's theory of relativity apparently he did solve it um before he died but again that's the whole thing leaving the gaps out of the equation in a public sense but I'm I'm curious, Mark, to to see or to hear what you have to say in your perspective as it pertains to the esoteric and uh, intuitive angle of this particular element. Yeah. Well, before we go there, I think you know some people might be interested. Uh, Harley Rivers Dickinson, a Liberal Party member of the Victorian Parliament for South Barwon, Australia, made the following statement. It is a matter of record that sodium fluoride has been used for behavior control of populations. At the end of the Second World War, the United States government sent Charles Elliott Perkins, a researcher, a research worker in chemistry, biochemistry, physiology, and pathology, to take charge of the vast Farvin chemical plants in Germany. While there, he was told by German chemists of a scheme which had been worked out by them during the war and adopted by the German general staff. This scheme was to control the population in any given area through mass medication of drinking water. In this scheme, sodium fluoride will in time reduce an individual's power to resist domination by slowly poisoning and narcoticizing a certain area of the brain and will thus make him submissive to the will of those who wish to govern him. Both the Germans and the Russians added fluoride to the drinking water of prisoners of wars to make them stupid and docile. So, you know, people will make the argument, well, oh, Mark, you're, you know, you're, you're wrong because sodium fluoride, that's not what they put in toothpaste. They put calcium fluoride, bro, and calcium fluoride is a naturally occurring mineral. Well, that's false, folks, because what they're putting in your toothpaste is not naturally occurring, even though they're going to lie to you about that. It's actually called silico fluoride, a.k.a. sodium fluoride. I mean, there's uh -huh. so many different tricks that they can use to, you know, skirt around the weak uh, FDA regulations that are, like I said, weak already. Uh, so weak that this sodium fluoride that has also patented use as rat poison and insecticide is you know, given to children in, you know, cotton candy or bubblegum flavor, you know, sorry, when you before go and visit you, the dentist. <laughs> right. Sorry, Mark, before you go on, I just wanted to say very quickly, for those not aware, um, for you guys as well as the audience too, the 
FDA, from my understanding, 75%, and this is a reference from two or three years ago, according to Forbes, if I'm not mistaken, 75% of the FDA's budget comes from Big Pharma. And when you see that ultimately Big Pharma has what is referred to in legal terms as regulatory capture, I say that with air quotes, on the FDA panel and commission, basically Big Pharma owns the whole fucking thing, essentially. I mean, one can make that argument very strongly. Therefore, it wouldn't be that difficult that, to add to your point, Mark, to insert said, you know, f um, not just elements, but fancy legal lingo mm -hmm. in order to, 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 co to covertly just have this, you know, pass on as, uh, as just something that's not harmful whatsoever. I mean, yeah. Well, and uh, go ahead. No, you're good. So there's even more evidence for it. I mean, take a look, folks. We're all around the same age. I'm sure you guys have grandparents that are still alive. Three of my grandparents are still alive. And, um, you know, luckily in one of my grandparents' case, they grew up in Canada on a farm where they probably didn't have fluoride in their tap water. Mm. But on the other side of my family, there was Alzheimer's you know, with my great grandparents. And that is a symptom that's caused by sodium fluoride toxicity. Uh, it causes a reduction in the nicotinic acetylcholine receptors, damages the hippocampus. It forms beta amyloid plaques, which is what happens when people have Alzheimer's. There's a reduction in lipid content, damage to the Purkinje cells, exacerbation of lesions induced by iodine deficiency, impaired antioxidant defense systems, increased uptake of aluminum, and accumulation of fluoride in the pineal gland. So these are all symptoms of fluoride toxicity. And you can see in the you know degradation of our elderly populations here in North America, you know, going to these homes and being, you know, in the state of forgetting their lives and forgetting their family members. It's really sad considering you go to countries where they don't have these modern toxins and the people who are elderly are wise. They're in tune. They have things to say. They have a message, you know, whereas it seems like at least my situation around here, like my great grandparents, they got fucked out of that opportunity, you know, sorry to curse, but you know, that's just the truth of it, you know, by being toxified to the point where they couldn't even remember their own life in their old age. And I'm really grateful that that's not the case for, uh, like I said, my, my grandparents who did grow up in Canada in a more rural situation. By the way, very quickly, uh, just to add to that, um, what I believe you're referring to, what you were reading off there, is what uh, many have within the Department of Defense and now the public knows to be the God gene, uh, which is interesting. Yeah, um, there is a video uh, that I did um, maybe a month or two ago on it. There's a gene in the you were talking about lipid processes and and all those things. There is a um, Sorry, it's, if I could add quickly, it's, it's been dubbed the God gene due to its alleged reported association with spirituality. Right. It wow. was, um, yeah. In, sorry, in 2004, uh, this is according to geneticlifehacks.com, in a 2004 book by Dean Hammer, the VMAT2 gene was hypothesized to be the hereditary influence towards spirituality. And oh, wow. we're not saying it is at all related to the current situation, but there is a verifiable 
Defense Department of Defense video where they're pitching some of their R&D at um, some people that we can't tell because it's the back of their heads that you would guess would be investors. And they're talking about how these people that you would maybe call religious fanatics um, have this part of their brain light up when they're read religious texts. People that you would associate to be uh, materialistic or um, atheists, um, that part of their brain does not fire when they're read religious texts. So if you were able to, um, the person in the audience says, so we would infect them to then kill off that part of the uh, uh, brain like activity, the person presenting then says, well, the actual purpose would be for us to um, then vaccinate them to kill off this part. So I'm just saying, you know, yeah. no, it's exactly. a lot of a lot of present day possible connections, which is interesting where this all connects back to um, what it helps in your brain. You talk about Alzheimer's, you talked about Parkinson's, things like that, that a VMAT to degradation, like almost always makes happen in a person is a really easy way to do it. This fluoride thing that we're talking about, that's interest. It at least helps the cause if that's the goal, you know? Absolutely. Right. Right. Uh, it was just, I made that, I, oh my God, VMAT too. Like when you started talking about all those brain processes and the pineal gland, like that is where the VMAT2 gene works to like literally put a shield around your nucleotides so that they don't get attacked when they're like going through their, um, uh, for other parts of the brain. I can't remember the uh, reaction name right now, but it's literally like a shield. You talk about like the armor of God. Well, it's a spiritual gene that then protects your gene. Like it's a really weird thing that it's that it's very metaphorically and literally tied to this spiritual aspect of it. Now, in what way can we get back to like right, right. how this gene is is spiritual? Because I understand right, okay. there's a part of the brain that lights up when someone has read a religious text, and that part of the brain is, is associated with people right. who have this gene trait. Yes. So now what is their thought behind this effect mm -hmm. that they're calling the brain lighting up? Like, is it that religious text? Like, I'm wondering, like, because now we need to examine, like, first of all, what religious text oh, is no, being yeah, read? Yeah, right. What right. language, right, mm -hmm. is being spoken? And like what the per, I mean, if the person's atheist, obviously it doesn't have effect on them. But like, if you're reading in Hebrew to somebody who's from a Buddhist in Thailand, like, is it going to affect them? Right. Probably not. Mm -hmm. But that's not to say that they don't also have the spiritual gene. So maybe elaborate on that a little bit. I will. More. Yeah. Yeah. Um, sure. so, yeah. Um, as I understood it and found when I was doing this video, um, it, I guess my best way to say it, um, this is one of my favorite metaphors. We spell words, right? So mm. you would then equate um, saying really anything that you spell out as kind of spelling at someone. So their association, um, the Department of Defense video did not say this. This was articles that you find after the fact that were making these connections. Um, but it got into um, mimetic, like um, viral, basically it's a virus, but it's a mind virus and how... Um, you get into that frequencies and the noises and these vocal cord vibrations that you're making. And it, it doesn't necessarily matter 
the actual even understood languages that they're saying at you, but there's something about what you associate, not religious text, maybe because we're not just talking Christianity, but the Rig Vedas, the, the um, higher ascending metaphorical ancient texts, I guess is a better way to say it, maybe. If I could, oh, so, yeah. it, there's like, a, go ahead. I just wanted to say very quickly, if I could jump in, um, it, my the way I view it is very similar to what you were saying, Camden. But in addition to that, similar to the example I gave at the beginning of this episode pertaining to the way in which certain metallurgies are reorganized at the subatomic level, uh, what we find here is that if we take a look at uh, geneticlifehacks.com, the same reference I used to reference Mr. Dean Hammer, um, it says here, and I quote, the book called The God Gene, How Faith is Hardwired into Our Genes, laid out the idea that spirituality is heritable and at least partly due to the VMAT2 gene. The author, Mr. Hammer, suggests that selection for feel-good genes creates optimism for living even though death is inevitable, end quote. For those that don't know what heritable means, basically means that it could be scientifically explained in the way that we understand it to actually be passed on from right. one individual to another. So what I find interesting is the, the reason I bring up the subatomic structure so well organized in the, the certain uh, quote-unquote anomalistic metallurgies is because it's almost as if it's the reor that same method or principle of a subatomic organization or reorganization rather is, I guess you could say, composited or in, in, inhibits some form of electromagnetic energy within the VMAT2 gene that we just on a public level don't understand. Yeah, yeah, and of course, me it. being a scientist, you know, not being a scientist, sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, no, um, right. I, I have something actually, but Mark, if you got, go ahead, yeah. You got no? Yeah, I was gonna say, go. and I'm glad you guys both clarified, cause I'm thinking, you know, maybe there's something rhythmically or inherent to the, like the numerical <laughs> order right. of these phrases in religious texts that has a, effect on the brain that we don't account for but if it's merely like that they're saying that there's an optimistic uh component to this and that people are living a, a happy life despite being in a ultimately you know it seems like they come right. from the materialistic perspective of like oh you know uh we're living in a finite reality and, right. and everything is you know trying to survive that's a different perspective from how I approach things, but I'm curious, you know, you bring up like this idea and not that you guys brought it up throughout this conversation. I'm getting this idea that like they're almost toxifying us yep. and toxify and selecting like the, the, um, for people who have a tendency towards negativity, hate, aggression. Well, Right. V very quickly before Camden goes, I just want just came into my head as you were saying this, Mark, which uh, thank you, by the way. Um, when we take a look at some of these, uh, this video of, you know, the, the Department of Defense talking about removing the God gene and things like that, what I find inherently consistent amongst the different articles I was sifting through prior to doing this uh, recording during research was that the VMAT2 gene specifically had to do with the sort of Sarah, uh, the feel good aspect of things and that tie into spirituality I found quite peculiar because the whole aspect of spirituality as with life in general allegedly is to excel to grow to learn and so like you said they're toxifying this type of gene now again to be able to try to explain it from a scientific perspective may like solely from a scientific perspective 
even to those that understand it in, in a secretive compartment may not even be able to simply because there's such a far like there's such another side to it esoterically that as Einstein said, I believe, don't quote me specifically, but I believe he said religion without science is lame and science without religion is, is nothing, something along those lines. I just can't help but think of, again, the hermetic principles and, and that whole angle there. But yeah. Well, so I, what, I, go ahead. No, I got it. Well, I wonder if this was even possible if there wasn't like on the other side of things, the like acceleration of this hippie love movement with the drugs like they were probably i mean obviously turning the soldiers against the citizens right all these soldiers are like wow these freaking hippies hate us even though we're saving their country and then these hippies are like oh these freaking war pigs are ruining our country you know screw them you know and it turns these military people against the citizens who in their mind are like oh yeah they're just all about love and whatever and like screw them, you know, cause they're not going to help us, you know, beat the Russians. They're totally on that psyop. So there's like these multi-layered psyops going on, but I almost feel like that helps me understand how someone would feel justified to poison a population of people in this way. Like, oh, well, optimism is only hurting our military campaign, so we need to, you know, toxify optimism out of the brain and destroy right. spirituality because it has no practical value in our military. I mean, if we're going to look at things from that angle, right. I think maybe that's an explanation. But I think also, like, what I was talking about with Chance from Interverse and someone else last night um, off the air was, like, archons. And, and are these archons you know, using certain chemicals. We were talking about parasites in this one instance, but I wonder if, you know, fluoride being so strange and coming from, or fluorine coming from volcanoes and like needing to be synthesized, like what if we had some ET information about that? And then they were like, all right, you know, <laughs> this is part of the deal. We're going to use people as human experiments. We're going to give you our technologies. And the, some of these technologies were like crazy, chemical applications of these extremely reactive elements like fluorine. I, no, I, I couldn't agree with viable. you more. Yeah. Um, the, just to expand a little bit on what it does and the functionary things of it. Um, so when you, your brain, your pineal gland produces uh, melatonin, dopamine, serotonin, it's, it's uh, neurotransmitters. Um, the VMAT2 gene forms a, protective wall to prevent oxidative stress on those neurotransmitters so they are able to work with your brain because they don't degrade before they get there more of them get there so to speak um and and there may be something here to the uh just like we talked about the spelling of words vibrational frequencies all those things they're wavelengths right it gets back into that zero point field, zero energy thing of um, everything is technically moving all the time because you're, the electrons I, in this mouse are moving and vibrating. Even though this is matter, it is actually also energy in, in and of itself. So everything is energy that you can use to do what you want and i think a lot of the can we call it poisoning is that what it is right with the fluorine and stuff Toxification, poisoning of whatever. the population is to 
suppress, uh, make sure they can do totalitarian measures and not get fought back against, um, to not let people realize um, my life's bad, but it's worse than yours, but actually we should, um, our lives are bad and it's their fault. You know, like you're, you're so down and negative with each other that you never turn to the people that are actually causing it because you're just so down in the dumps because you're not getting any goddamn serotonin. Um, so like yeah. there's, a, there's a lot of ways that. And it's a lot if, easier to hook all these people on the big pharma and on opium like we see the collapse mm -hmm. of our society, homelessness, right? drug use. It's associated with that. I mean, they have to sort of lay the, the groundwork with something like a fluoridated water supply in order for these big pharmaceutical companies to even have a market. Right. Right. In addition to that, the VMAT2 gene as well, uh, at least according to, again, geneticlifehacks.com, they have a very nice laid out point by point sort of expose. Uh, also mentioned that also it helps enhance locomotion. So we could see that from a public perspective, the attempts to find a, I believe it was, they said here, uh, synthetic, um, if you oh, will. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, if they're attempting to find a sort of synthet synthetic agonist in order to allow for researchers to conduct more experiments has not mm -hmm. been the case. But again, you know, you look at the, the, the financial side of it, the funding behind it and all that stuff. There's, they say there's good and bad, but it sort of falls into that category of, you know, it depends what you're using it for, depends what you're applying it to in a lab and things like this. And so what I find quite peculiar is, again, the limited public knowledge on this. Meanwhile, we have the DOD over there with a leaked video talking about removing the God gene. So, again, if there's not much to know about it, uh, I mean, why, how, you, how do you have such detailed presentations on the matter? Right. I will give their, because I mean, they do their justifications. They wrap things in protect the kids and and terrorism, right? So like um, their justification for this isn't about the uh, benefits of spirituality. They, they, in their presentation, focus solely on the fact that religious fanatics will only and always have VMAT2, a high concentration of VMAT2 genes, and this part of their brain will light up and interact uh, with spiritual texts, um, yeah. whereas your atheist materialists will not get fanatical and they won't go blow up a city square. They, they focus on that kind of terrorism aspect. They never talk about the people that use that spiritual connection for connecting. They, they really do focus on the Everyone that's a terrorist is is everyone that's a fanatic. This is happening. So that's how they justify it. So that's that's right. their reasoning, but there's a third class there. So yeah. Well, I think you know all the points that are being made by you guys. I'm extremely blown away. I'm so glad that we picked this as the first one. But to get to the like intuitive spiritual yeah. side of it, I'll yes, just speak please. from experience. You know, ever since taking the steps that I took, let's say maybe 2014 was when I really seriously was like, all right, no more fluoride. I'm not even going to cook pasta with water from the tap. Right but now, now I've kind of gotten away from that because it's just too expensive to buy bottled water for everything. Mm -hmm. But since reducing the amount of fluoride that I'm potentially getting in my body, I've noticed 
an enhanced clarity of mind, mm-hmm. an enhanced focus. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm less drawn to things like video games and television. Uh, more drawn to going outside, experiencing things, talking to people. I think part of me discovering like how to really tune into my body and removing all those unnecessary elements like fluoride. Yeah. Um, it, it expanded my growth as an individual. So that's going to mean different things for different people. For me, right. that meant becoming more spiritual, but I don't think that necessarily the third eye, even though it is spiritual, it doesn't do that for everyone. I think people who are like, you know, Einstein, who use their mind to do all these thought experiments. He wasn't necessarily a, a religious person, but his right. third eye was helping him make scientific quote unquote theories and innovations. And, and I think his unified field theory, it's definitely something that fits into the electro um, universe a lot more yeah. than it fits into the Newtonian universe. So, you know, yeah. it might just be a matter of paradigm there, but to my larger point, it's like, whether or not you're an atheist, there's a component of you that's connected to the larger reality. And I think why this stuff has military application is because the forces that be, Team Dark, as uh, Chance called them yesterday, you know, that's a good word instead of they, but Team yeah, Dark, in, in a sense, is trying to keep us trapped here in this third dimension. And they know that spirit is their enemy and we are vessels for spirit. So from a really spiritual perspective, that's kind of what I think is going on is it's, it's spiritual warfare. And there are all these elements that you don't take into account because they've worked our culture into a certain way that you just take all this stuff for granted and get toxified and then think that they're your saviors. And, you know, with the age of uh, the cooties, you know, everything going on lately, it's like, yeah, I could see how these hospitals are a lot less trustworthy than, you know, we might've thought 20 years ago. So I just, uh, I think it's obvious to us now, but I don't think you have to necessarily have a spiritual perspective to benefit from this type of information, you know, because no matter who you are, you don't want to get toxins in your body. I mean, come on. And this right. element is a toxin. And, you know, the reason why I wanted to start this with you guys, and I think maybe this might be a good place to conclude, unless you guys have more to add, which is totally welcome. I have one point, I but just, it's not, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. I, it's, cool. it's well, I do want to, I, I do want to hear it, but I want to say like something that really opened my mind up when I was a young guy in high school, I asked my science teacher, I said, you know, is the, table of elements a fixed set of elements or are there more elements out there that we haven't discovered yet and he said yeah absolutely there are elements out there that we haven't discovered yet you know he was a younger guy really open-minded I don't know if you get that same answer from every science teacher but that answer really blew my mind open because I'm like oh wow the table of elements isn't fixed there's so much you know out there that we don't know yet potentially and I think even like you know we underestimate how much we know about the elements that are on the table right now. So I think this series of shows, however long it goes, is going to be really cool because we're going to get into some of the angles, like all the stuff you guys mentioned at the top of the show about fluorine and then what I added to it 
on some of the practical applications of fluorine, yeah. some of the darker applications of it, because I don't think it really has any beneficial applications. Uh, right. You know, it sounds to me like it's only good for making bombs and poison. <laughs> yeah. Well, see, this is the the only, I guess, opti- somewhat optimistic perspective I would take is that that's, and I, I would rebut that respectfully, Mark, in the sense that that's just because that's all we've known them to use it for. I wonder right. if, yeah. there is a, if there is some type of, Again, not for the, for the sake of speculation, inversion of some kind that could, again, mm. because of the overall concept of whatever, this reality, this simulation we live in, mm-hmm. you know, being pertaining to the yin and the yang of things, the as above, so below hermetic principles. I wonder if there's a way that this could actually be harnessed, curated, used in a very positive sense. Because, again, it's it, like with everything else, it's a double, double-sided coin, mm-hmm. double-edged sword, right? right? So... I don't know, okay, Camden, did well, you want to the jump exact in? point of that, um, and then I'll make what I was going to say point, um, it is those things, bombs, poisons, but in its nature of doing those things stably, it is one of the, if not the most stable compound with anything, because it can react with anything. It can uh, react, merge electrons with almost any element, diamonds, oxygen, everything almost so it is maybe used right now to stably hurt people but theoretically i guess you could stably do good things with it I, to my i guess speculation it could be we i said earlier it was in the first atom bomb well if we decide that some of these whoever they are some versions of uh ufos are low energy like nuclear reactor engines well, then they would maybe be using things like fluorine to make those reactions happen. So, like, there is maybe other practical uses to it that isn't this. I do. My sorry. My only thing before you get to your next point is that if it were to be, if it uh, for as a fact used within that of the development of the the hydrogen bomb, the atom bomb, whatever you want to call it. It's interesting because, again, if there is some form of nuclear fission or something of the sort pertaining to not just the enrichment of uranium but mercury plasma relative to the propulsion system used on some of these craft, I wonder if the implementation of that could be churned in a sort of way that would be i don't want to say positive because again it's all about perception but more so like we see you know certain uh, portals we see footage of you know alleged footage of, of of certain portals being opened in the middle of the sky due to some of the apparatuses these craft have i wonder if the advancement and taking advantage of that in a way that would be more beneficial to a a productive form of esotericism could come about but again like you to your point though mark we've only seen it used in in such negative things yeah right uh, the same way quantum physics stays theoretical um right but, yeah but my original thing was a lot of this reminded me you've specifically mentioned 2014 mark which is interesting dave and i have recently covered a nano domestic quell document that uh, snowden leaked that specifically mm-hmm. states in 2013 we think we can infect 98% of the United States population. By early 2014, we think we will have 99% of the population infected. All the while not saying infected with what. Yeah. yeah. Then, because you will like this a lot, actually. Next paragraph, it says, um, we recommend increase in the inflows and outflows of nano-domestic quell in these markets. And then it goes Atlanta Municipal, Coca-Cola, 
Pepsi, Chicago, Chicago Municipal, Chicago, LA um, Municipal. It was it was increasing by the like nine percent, eight percent. Yeah, yeah. Not adding was, or not starting, but increasing inflows and outflows of nano domestic quell. And to tell you the truth, I pulled the document up to share it on my screen for people in the episode to see, but we could get taken down yeah. for that document. So I could uh, I could send it to you uh, uh, privately if you like, um, because it really yeah. adds to, again, this is one of many, you know, tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of documents Snowden leaked. So it, it's funny that people just kind of glossing over that. Right. And he, tweet, he tweeted about this back in 2013, the, the nano domestic quell kill bots, if you will. Mm -hmm. And I can't help but think again, the insertion of fluorine into some of these negative apparatuses right. is what's help is what's, sadly helping these elites within that of the power structure to to continue this form of suppression so when people say again i got to be careful here but when people say if they wanted to do you know things to you but with the we'll call it the boop bop that's being that everyone's being coerced into getting around the world yeah um then why they would have put why are they waiting till now to exploit this opportunity they would they would have put it in the water they would they would have put it in the food again they would have put my thing is i agree take advantage of every opportunity and that's yeah. what they seem to be doing well i it, mm. exactly the end point a final one i want to congratulate you mark on choosing the exact perfect time to have made that decision to like not drink tap water to not you know what i mean because it sounds like that's when they were really uh kicking kicking it up a notch in 2014 so good timing oh, wow. on your I part i didn't even know yeah. that <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. The, that that nano domestic quell document said 2013 98 percent by 2014 we will have 99 percent of the yeah. infected yep. so literally the same time you decided to so good on you we could say we could argue if that's a coincidence or not, but yeah, that's quite peculiar that <laughs> that same time frame fell into line into line with yourself, and I would dare to argue many other individuals too. That's I guess what we could call coincidental, but at the same time, I find it peculiar that a lot of people who right. we, we are coming across that have been I guess you could say awakened, enlightened, whatever you want to call it, um, have had this sort of same their own individual and respective journey, intuition. but into the the intuition aspect and cutting off certain things mm -hmm. was quite done in a peculiar timely fashion relative to what we're now finding to be these secret government operations right. being disseminated into the public so it's mm -hmm. like we see, again perfect example how you cut off at the roughly the same time that this document at least you know detailed the how much they were the more they were going to push out yeah. into yeah and so well and, and so, go ahead no you got it there's one other thing i mean because and yeah you guys are great and i'm so excited to go further here because i sent dave uh i sent you a picture of the you know the little square f uh -huh. right mm -hmm. and the number i think was 18.99 yeah and, it, and it's, then a, the, it's a non-ending repeating forever number like pi nine right. forever theoretically but it was curious that there were three nines upside down because the there's a nine in the top left corner so we can you know associate that with 666 six, six, letter in the alphabet uh then the first two letters or two numbers in that number 18 18 divided by three is six 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 yeah. six right there too so i mean numeral numerologically this element is strange plus on top yeah. of that I don't, I don't think you guys know this I have a bunch of minerals. I love crystals and minerals. Well, fluoride, fluoride, the mineral, like fluorite with a T is what right. you call it. 
Right. It's one of the only minerals that forms in a hexagonal pattern, meaning that it's like Holy two, crap. two pyramids on top of each other. Right. Like a, like like an octahedron. I think that's what it's called. It's that's like incredible. But it's very strange. Like the that like it has a strange um, sort of uh, structure to it, right. even in mineral form. Hexagon. That's interesting because that we had did we we did a roundtable yesterday covering some of that. Where a gentleman by the name of Chaz, uh, based out of Russia, if I'm not mistaken. He he got into that the whole beehive thing and the whole uh, hexagon shapes and things like this and you know there's it's interesting you say that Mark because there's uh, alleged footage uh, uh, from the dark web that we've dug up that apparently shows but roughly late seventies early eighties maybe mid eighties footage of the backside of Mars the backside being relative to how our planet you know Earth faces Mars hexagonal bases and and, and very connected and why the hexagon keeps reoccurring in nature or in this simulation or what have you on Saturn clouds of Saturn yeah right it's quite interesting it's quite there's no it's not a coincidence there in that regard and the 999 again you flip upside down with respects to numerology divide by three the whole thing there my gosh, that's that's my, phenomenal because you look at yeah. again VMAT two allegedly being the god gene associated with the pineal gland with the spiritual uh, the the spiritual access point if you want to call it. That's wow, that's incredible. That's exactly right. my point. Uh, maybe into here, but like people make these numerology statement like you. That's you're just making things up, confirmation bias. But they kind of, like if it keeps happening like. How many coincidences before it's not a coincidence anymore? <laughs> yes, right. yes. Yeah. It, it, and that's like synchromysticism, man. Yeah. Like you start to notice all these patterns and to someone who hasn't been, you know, putting the puzzle together for as long as you, maybe it seems like, oh, wow, this person's making a lot of random associations. But then you start oh, to unfold the pattern yourself and you're like, oh, this guy's doing the same math I am. Right. And we're getting the same results because there's a formula. Everything's numbered. We're living in a numerical universe and the elements make up our universe. Yeah. So let's examine them, dudes. I love this. I think we got this gonna be fun. We got into a lie and we're only at like an hour. That's perfect. You guys want to like maybe in a future episode, if we prepared more, do this episode longer. Where were you thinking? Right. Wherever I'm, I'll be honest with you. With respects to length, I'm all for taking it as far and as long as necessary to cover every angle of of the elements moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we'll let the you know, listeners. If you love this show, if you thought this was a cool idea for a show, get in touch with us. Let us know. And if it's super popular, I'm down to make it two hours. And I think also if we have a lot of information, I'm down to make it two hours today. We got to cut it to one hour, but guys, this was fun. And especially, you know, I kind of just threw this one off short notice too. So right. if we do yeah, have no, a little like bit I've, more I am time amazed that we really, I believe like, is there, the connections are there. Like, what? right. <laughs> exactly. I believe that the contents, yeah. uh, the, the content and, and all the information shared in this episode will be a very good gauge to see for those that are interested. And I'm sure, you know what, Mark, I, I don't want to speak on behalf of the audience at the moment, but I'm pretty damn you sure can. they will be. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to make a bit of a, if it's cool intro video, um, explaining this, uh, like the series sort of just laying, giving the, the, the lay of the land sort of and explaining to everyone that uh, this is the i, I believe this is so, significant in associating a lot of connections that you said seem random but really are not in a lot of regards so right on well dudes i'm excited we're gonna do this every monday and uh 
yeah, folks, check me out at the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast. Unless you're listening to this on the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy feed, in which case, check out Generation Z. Show them <laughs> some love. Give them a, a follow. Uh, subscribe to their Patreon. They got a lot of cool things going on. Thank you so, so much. Again, thank you so much for coming on. And I look forward to doing this again with, uh, with the next element. Right on. Yeah, I'll I be in touch recording. in the next day. Um, awesome. Could you stop on Zoom? Yeah, yeah, I did. Oh, cool. 